Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. BC Lions general manager Ed Hervey, kind enough to set aside some times at the winter meetings. Man, you've been real patient, so I appreciate it. I wanted to get into with you, because you're such an advocate for it, the negotiating, what do we call it, window before free agency? Yeah. How do you feel like that's going to change the overall scope of free agency? Um, this, there's, there's, there's many factors to that, right? You know, one factor is for us as, as managers and, and the operators of our teams, for us to have an opportunity to speak to players that we don't know. And I always use the analogy of, of investing. Do we invest in a player that we don't know or do we, do we invest in a car? Like when you, when you go in to purchase a vehicle, we all go to the, to the, part, the, the, the dealership test drive the car, have a chance to look at it, and you make your choice. Same with the home. Your home, you get an inspection, but for some reason, we were able to invest in players without, you know, it's also sight unseen. And, you know, put 50000 75000 or even in some cases $100,000 in a player that you don't know, but it's just based on what we see on film, his skills that we, uh, we want, believe that can fit in our system. And then when that player arrives, he's not the player we thought he was, or there's other factors to that player, or maybe there's an injury. Um, and to me, it's like that's a, that's a significant amount of money to invest in players that we don't have a chance to speak to. Now, the counter-argument to that was always, well, wait to free agency to speak to the, to the player and um, make a decision then. But I mean, let's call it spade a spade. Some of those players are could be already communicating with other teams or at least their agents at times have been communicating. And number two, when the, the deadline period opens up and the players are free to go, you're in a race with other teams because then if a player makes an emotional decision or a financial decision that you're unable to even have a chance to really look at as far as your own internal uh, conversations with your staff, you can miss out on the player that you want and the second alternative as well. And to me, it's the matter whether it's your first option or second option, the, the investment portion of that has to be weighed against our knowledge of the player. And we have to have an opportunity to speak. So I'm very happy that um, the league has adapted and the union has adapted this uh, new policy that allows teams to um, communicate with the players prior to uh, free agency. It gives us almost a full week to, I think it's a seven-day period where we have a chance to talk. And if we need a follow-up conversation, we can talk. And then if we want to have coaches speak to the players. And you can get all the information that you need in order to make a sound decision, a sound investment in a player. And it gives us um, an advantage. And I think it's going to work for all the teams in that aspect. And I think the second part of that is it creates um, you know, buzz for the fans. It keeps us in the news, which is always positive. Um, and then there's 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 entry to what what could possibly happen uh, during free agency. Even if you swing and you miss, you know, there's 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 uh, anticipation of uh, 
knowing what your team is doing. I mean, we see it in all the other leagues, and it's just it's, it's good to see that we've kind of caught up with that, and, and we're always taking steps to, to improve our abilities to make the right choice on players, especially those players that we don't know as, as the league has kind of shifted to this one-year contract league. I think it's more imperative now than it has been in recent years. You had the real-life example. It's like if you were looking on Auto Trader or MLS, you wouldn't just go and buy that car or house sight unseen. Now you get to look under the hood or take a look at the foundation. Correct, correct. And, and again, it's and again, not comparing a player to a house or a car, but the, we're talking about the investment itself. And, and, and again, we have a limited amount of resources within the cap to make the right choice. Now, whether the player comes in and lives up to their expectations, I mean, we've seen both sides of it. I've seen both sides, what a player does and a player doesn't. But feeling good about the, the signing, uh, you don't have the buyer's remorse. And never have buyer's remorse signing someone that you know. Mm-hmm. At least I know I have. I, I, I know this guy, and it's like, okay, I'll use Mike Riley, for example. There's no hesitation in making that kind of commitment. Then you know I have to say like, what about the team that doesn't know uh, Mike Riley? Doesn't know him on a level except what they see on the field. Does he fit what they want to do on uh, offensively? Is he the type of person they want? Those are unknowns. So when you start talking about that kind of money, it only makes sense that we as a league are able to um, speak to the players prior to free agency. And again, we're talking about a massive difference between the Mike Riley contract and probably some of the other players, but I think it's a level playing field for all, and I think there's only positive to be gained from it. Do all the general managers know the specifics of how it's going to work? Because some of the other guys I've talked to today have said, if you put an offer down on a player, you can't pull that. You're beholden to that offer, and you can't just drive the market up. So is some of that still to be determined, or do you have any of the specifics? Yeah, the... There's a little bit of truth to that, but the we, that's what we're here for these meetings, just to hammer out the final bits of that to ensure that we're all on the same page. But it, to the example that you did use, um, if we were to, let's say we're, we're, we're going for a player, player John Doe, and there's three other teams that are looking at During that period where, that seven-day period where we have a chance to talk to John, we'll talk, we'll go through all that, and then there's a window of... Um, 48 hours, that's a considered a dead period, that's when we're able to submit our offer. Um, and within that time, yes, the offer stands until, as I understand it, the expiration of the um, agreement, which is when free agency officially opens, if the player has not made a decision. So uh, is, there, is there some uh, risk to that? Well, yeah. Some would say, yeah, because you could lose your second option, but the reality is if, you, if that's the player you want, you spent, we spent seven days um, interviewing and, and coming to that conclusion that we want to make the offer, then realistically it, it's not a bad thing for us to have to wait 48 hours or whatever that time frame uh, will be for that player because free agency still hasn't opened up. You know, and so for that player, he has a 48-hour period to choose whether to remain with his current team or accept the offer from one of the other teams. And that, that, from my understanding, that team will be uh, informed and that player will make that decision to go there. 
Um, that's about as much detail as I have. Now, again, can the player change his mind? I think we would all want the player to put pen to paper, and that's when it becomes official. But um, I don't believe the 48-hour period and being held to that is a, is a negative because the research going into the, uh, the offer phase, uh, we should all feel sound enough to uh, make that offer and feel good about the fact that you know, we're, we're putting an offer for the guy that we want and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Will teams be able to, and we've seen it sort of here and there with different players, Joel Walker last year comes to mind, fly players out and go through a physical if they wanted during that period? That's the part that, um, you know, we still, I mean, because the player's still under contract. So as far as flying players, I don't think, I'm not sure that's uh, um, an area that teams are really excited about doing as far as creating more cost or unnecessary costs, as we would call it, right? Um, so uh, I would imagine that that's going to be something that will, you know, will get finalized in, during these meetings. But the, the initial conversations that we're able to have over the phone are, are uh, to me, are, are a great first step uh, in, in the lines of communication. And, and again, even if that you're able to convince the player to wait until free agency to fly them in, that still gives you an opportunity to get to know the player. Um, but as far as flying players in uh, prior to the expiration of their agreements, I'm not certain that that is a, a step that I'd be willing to, to go through because then there's there's costs associated with that, and then there's there's those who have that could spend it, and you know, you know all of a sudden you're you're you're, you're you have to incorporate a cap on that kind of spend, mm -hmm. and yeah. we're, we've already slashed. So I wouldn't see that as something that um, would uh, would get past the governors at this stage. But I think uh, the positives for all of us is that we still have the opportunity to speak to the players, and that's that's a huge step because, as I stated earlier, um, going in blind on players that we we're unfamiliar with or whatever. Yeah. We're only familiar with them on the field. Uh, there's a risk in that in itself, um, but the uh, ability to speak kind of uh, alleviates that. The negotiating period seems like it's very much like restricted free agency and maybe the NBA or the NFL. Is it? Well, not really restricted because remember the player is, um, he's on an expiring contract. So the reality is, it's just basically it's a, it's a period that gives the uh, gives the gives teams a right to submit an offer, and the player the player has an opportunity to see what the market value is for him. Uh, the team that holds the current agreement has a chance to that 48 hour period to sign the player that they want to keep because the player knows what's out there, and then for the teams that are trying to make a play at getting the player, they'll know ahead of time whether or not they have a chance at that player and it allows those teams to move on if that if the player chooses to, you know, to remain with his with his team or if he's gonna to go to free agency or choose the offer that's there. The only unknown is, is uh, whether or not um, the offers that are submitted to the player and the player decides to wait and then he gets to free agency, whether or not the price will go up. That's the only unknown because this again, this is the first time this happening. But I would imagine that if uh, if the player has all the offers on the table, the only other factor that can come in is an eleventh hour offer from a team that was not involved in the initial uh, negotiation. But again, that team still would have to uh, 
uh, make contact with that player. Now, again, they may have uh, some background of the player or have a history with the player and didn't need to go through the process. But even so, um, it allows us to all know what's out there and, and to move forward beyond that player if we needed to. But I would like to see it you know, go through its first phase and, and see how it all shifts. And again, there may be some unforeseen um, things that happen, but for the most part, I just can't imagine that it, it uh, having a negative impact um, on free agency uh, just for the simple fact that we're still able to communicate, which there's, there's no greater um, opportunity for us as managers, as coaches, as, as organizations to be able to speak to a player, especially if there's going to be a significant amount of compensation invested. There's, there's no negative to that, in, in my opinion. Yeah, what you mentioned about the 11th hour offer potentially or even a bigger offer coming when free agency actually opens, mm -hmm. to me, is intriguing. That kind of gets to the competitive aspect mm -hmm. that our team's sort of just you know, sparring a little bit and do we see the real gloves come out of free agency or does it come out during that period? And, and the thing is that it still could, they could still come out, right? But at least we know what the market is. And, and But when free agency opens up, teams will naturally pull out. Most teams will say, well, I'll take our second option because we don't want to get into a bidding war. And then the, the natural uh, steps of which teams take during free agency happen. But the team that should be the most concerned is the team that currently holds the agreement. Right? because now the player made it to free agency after the whole initial process of communicating contracts offered and then the player opted to wait until free agency opened or the player chose to, to chooses to, to remain. Um, you know, those are things that we have to wait and see, but I think the intrigue for all of us is there to see how it all works out. But you know, and then if there's things to discuss, like everything that we do with the league, can have those conversations in the, in the future, but I'm, I'm excited to see how it all shakes down and, and uh, see how the players respond to it. And there's a chance too that if you're a player and you have this offer right in front of you, that if you don't take that, maybe you do end up getting less. Kind of an unknown there. There's the ex exactly right. There's, there's so many factors to it, right? Because teams will go to their second and third option, and, and then before you know it. Um, you go. Uh, the player goes from potentially five offers in his home and his current team to one offer, and it's less. Uh, that's all the risk, and the player has to be uh, secure in his own uh, value and understanding what the market is. But if, if a player gets four or five offers, um, the agent, the player, and a combination of both. We'll have to dis determine whether or not those are the best offers to take what's there or wait till the market opens up. And again, you can't change the fact that the agents have relationships with teams. The team says, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to put a little bit more out there later. You know, There's always those unknowns, but still, the, the, the only way the player's value goes up is that if another team makes an offer, but all offers go through the league during that period. So we'll know what the market value is, and if a team is willing to put their best offer on the table, I can't see a team going $25,000, $30,000 more than that unless someone else that they were targeting uh, went somewhere else and they freed up some money to 
pack on, as you mentioned in the case of uh, you know Walker being there and you know, the contract that he had. Uh, from our understanding, that you know, Toronto was going after a quarterback, going after Bo Levi, believe. didn't get Bo Levi Mitchell, and then there was the Walker. You know, my question is, if they'd have got Bo Levi, would they would have been able to, mm -hmm. you know, afford Walker? Like we don't know. And so there's there's those factors, but at the end of the day, um, we're all you know, we're trying to make our teams better, the best that we can. But having the ability to speak to a group of free agents that our coaching staff, the personnel staff deem to be the guys worthy of coming in. Uh, having seven days to talk and then putting our best offer on the table with that, that which fits in the cap. If 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 that if it gets turned down, at least we know we put the best offer on the table that we can put, place up there based on the cap. And anyone who holds back ten, fifteen thousand, or whatever the case may be, and, uh, hopes that um, the player gets the free agency could get burned. So you know, I, I, again, the, the unknowns in this process, uh, what the, is, is, uh, is there's so many different factors, but I, I can imagine for the player, as you stated earlier, that player has to decide also, right? I have all these offers, and there's, there's no guarantees that the offers are all gonna go up by 10 or 15,000. It could, it could come down to a free agency opens up, four of the five teams go elsewhere, and the only team remaining is the the team that uh, you play for, where the comfort level is, and they recognize that there's nothing out there, and they their offer goes down, right? Or the team that you're currently with moves on, and before you know it, someone recognizes that, and then there's the 11th hour <laughs> offer that comes in that's not as high as those offers that were in the uh, initial phase of the, the uh, negotiation period. So it, there's risk to it all, but the, the elite players are going to get paid regardless of whether or not they speak to all the teams or not. But I, I would imagine there's a, there's a benefit for those players to make another five ten thousand $10,000 just on those conversations because people are more comfortable uh, with that player to get the job or get the, um, you know, get the uh, contract done uh, rather than it just be based solely on statistics, film, and a little hope. Mm -hmm. Maybe a lot of hope in some cases for some for the big money that you yeah. invest yeah. in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then you gotta get the return. You know, then there's a return. So there is some risk in that in, in this department as well where um, because you know there's pressure when, when uh, it's public of who we're talking to. And, no one wants to get shut out, no one wants to get blank, but you can't allow that to dictate the, the process. So if you have your top three free agents and you're talking to them and everyone knows that you're talking to them and, and you're swinging the miss at one and two and then you're down to your third guy and you don't get your third guy, that can't affect you either. It shouldn't, but in, the, in, the, in all of the process, um, we are all going to make a decision that's best for our football team. And, Sometimes this, the financial portion of it di dictates which direction you're going to go if it's between the player. And, and in this case here, uh, it could be the player's, um, the, 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 the person, the, the, how much we're able to get to know the player between the start of the negotiation, you know, the, 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 the communication period of speaking to the player 
to the closing of that time and then putting the offer on the table. And in that seven-day span, if we're doing our due diligence, I mean, we do it with the draft, and there's very little money by comparison invested, but we do it. So for free agents, our minds can be changed one way or another. But as I said, and I'll keep reiterating this point, there's, there, there can be no negative impact for teams having a chance to speak to players and getting to know them, especially when there's a significant amount of uh, money to be invested, we can only uh, benefit from that. And I, I would hope that uh, you know, all of us, all of my peers, and we all see the advantages of that. And if we're, if we're handling this the appropriate way, it can work really well for this league and for all of us moving forward. From your GM chair, does that put maybe a higher priority on trying to re-sign your own guys that you think could be some of those highly sought after free agents and not let them get to that period? I think there's a, here's another thing, uh, Justin, about, you know, when you talk about um, whether there's a lot of pressure on us to sign our own guys sooner or with, if, if we have a good relationship with our players or we have a an open line of communication, we should know which players are coming back and which players aren't, number one. Number two, any player who's testing the, I'll call it the borders of free agency, even those players, we should have an, an understanding, an idea of what it's going to take to get those guys done. Is there more pressure to get those guys done? I'm not certain that there is, only because um, the old system, the agents have an idea what they could possibly get on the market. And it's a matter of whether the player is intrigued by those numbers enough to get the free agents and then change uh, his team. And so the, I believe that if the player's been with the team two, three, four years and the money's relatively close, What's the point in, in leaving? And then for the mercenaries out there, which we know there are some of them, those guys, you're, you're never under pressure to resign those guys because those guys always want to see what is out there and they wait to free agency because it's all about the compensation. So I don't believe there's pressure there. The only thing we ask of those players is give us a chance to hear what the offers are so we can have, make a decision on whether or not we want to match those offers or come close or do enough to keep that player in our uniform. And then the, the last part of those players is those one players who um, speak of that we, that we really want to keep but we're not sure what the market value is. Um, then it's, then it's that, that's where the negotiation between the agent and, you know, and us as managers is we try to make the best determination within our cap and the numbers that work within our cap. And if there's an impasse, then there's a there's a, an agreement that they see what the, the value is, what the market says, and it gives us a chance to um, to be competitive. But I, I'm my hope is that players are um, you know, player attention increases in the next little while. Um, our fans want it. 
our fans uh, expected. And I believe that the core of teams and continuity of football teams is really the, the success, brings the success of teams. Um, when you look at the last, the two teams that competed for the championship, um, there's a tremendous amount of continuity amongst those two teams. Very little movement during free agency. And um, you know, just spot movement here and there throughout the season. And, uh, but there's the least amount of turnovers in staff as well as the players. And those are the things that you, you, you want to build and hope that the players recognize that and players don't leave. So whether you have 30 free agents and everyone says, oh, it's a daunting task. Yeah, it's 30 free agents because there's 30 potential free agents because there's the one-year agreements. But for the most part, we, we all know which players are we'd like to move forward with and build our core around. The only difference with this last year is there's so much change in the coaches this, this past uh, offseason that there's going to be some player movement that you can't cannot control because players tend to go where they can they know the coach the system fits them all those other factors that um, you know just play into free agency so I think this is going to be the ideal time for us to see how well this new system works because I believe that the movement is not going to be based on players not wanting to be somewhere. I think it's going to be a combination of there's so much movement and so much staff and work that players are going to go and find the coaches and the systems that they have grown to be uh, comfortable in and they, that they have the most success in. So if that means, and I'm using this as an example, I'm not saying that this is the case, but La Police goes from Winnipeg as an office coordinator to Ottawa, I would imagine that there will be some players that want to follow him there, especially on the offensive side. Mm -hmm. and, and Rick Campbell going from Ottawa to BC, I would imagine that there's players that want that. So Jason Moss leaving uh, Edmonton to Saskatchewan, you would think that maybe an offensive player or two would want to continue playing there. That's the kind of movement that I'm, I'm saying that teams, regardless of the compensation, they may just players just may want to go and feel more comfortable moving into those situations. So there's there's a lot to be seen here in the next little bit. And the minimum is going to go up a little bit and sort of coupled along with that is the jump in the quarterback salaries last year. You guys signed Mike Riley, Ole Van Mitchell signed a lucrative contract, Trevor Harris, uh, you know, even Jeremiah Masoli's re-signed, guys like that. Um, in terms of the, the just the quarterbacks, have they kind of jumped way ahead of everyone else? And if you feel that way, is it because there's a premium on that position? I would say that the, the quarterback position, the salary has, has gotten to a point where it's, I mean, some would say, argue that it's, it's, it's so far out that, you know, how can the others compete? But the elite quarterbacks deserve, deserve elite pay. And this is a league that's a quarterback-driven league. And, if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And you know, whether or not the salaries have gotten uh, to the point where uh, they don't allow you to be, you know, that was some of the speculation last year was the, was the Mike Riley contract. You know, did it impact our uh, cap to that degree? And, 
I would say no. I mean, we're you know we plan for that for the salary to fit our cap. Whether or not people feel that the quarterbacks' uh, salaries are worthy, I mean that's you know, what we're willing to pay the quarterback within the cap is what we're willing to pay the quarterback within the cap. Um, it's just our responsibility, our personnel department, and we're responsible to build around it. Um, to answer your question, whether or not those salaries have jumped so far ahead everyone else, well, quarterback is the hardest position in, the, in professional sports to play, in my opinion. And uh, there's a there's a premium for that position. And uh, even in the, in, in, in the NFL, we have 32 teams. They're not 32 franchise guys. And the, the guys who are franchise guys are well compensated. And when you look in the playoffs, for the most part, those are the guys that are constantly taking their teams to the postseason. Um, and that, that, for the most part, works up here also. So um, I believe wholeheartedly in uh, paying fairly in, in, in the quarterback position is one that um, sometimes you may have to overpay just to give yourself a chance. That's, that's one of the few positions that I would go on record and say that for. The lines were forward in terms of Riley's contract length and the number. And I don't know if I'm getting into a whole other different conversation here, but do you feel like putting the numbers out more and more and you know maybe having people look at the salary caps like they can in the NHL and the NBA and the NFL would create even more fan interest like was that part of the reason that you and the Lions wanted to do that yeah we uh, there was several reasons behind putting the numbers out there um, credibility because there's so much uh, misinformation about CFL salaries and for those players who are in the United States, especially and those agents who are not quite familiar with um, the kind of compensation players can earn when you put yourself in a position to earn it. Um, and we wanted, you know, I wanted to, that to ensure that when people look at the CFL, they don't see it as, okay, well, it's, it's secondary, it's this, it's that, it's, and you know, there's, there's just misinformation out there. So when you see contracting, you see Mike Riley, you know, four years, two point plus million dollar agreement, even if people don't do the math and break down the year by year salary, they know that, oh, shoot, quarterbacks are up there getting million dollar agreements, and I just think it brings a credibility to our league that um, for those who are, who don't understand our league, because when you talk to average person on the street, especially in the States, and they say, well, what do you think the CFL makes? Well, they say, well, I heard they, they make $500 a game or, you know, something like that. You, you hear all that. You're like, really? And, and, and this is, I, every time when, when someone sees me in, in our the Lions gear, when I was with the Eskimo, they would ask, oh, is that the CFL? Yeah. And it was to have a conversation. I was like, what do you think the league minimum is? I don't I've heard, you know, like, like what ten thousand, you know, and or when is it going to, you know, oh, don't you want to come down and come back to the professional football? Those are things that they say, right? So, to me, it's it's when we talked about uh, releasing the numbers, it's um, it's good for I think it's good for for all of us. Again, I, I'm more I like to think that I'm progressive thinker, right? It's just first when I play, we kept it the numbers always kept quiet. 
everything was quiet. It was quiet, it was silent, it was hushed. You never knew who made what, uh, which in some cases caused for imbalance. Uh, you go three, four years into your, your career and you can't get a straight answer on what players are earning. But on top of that, when you, when, when, now that we're out on the personnel side trying to bring players up, convince them to come to the CFL, and again, we're talking about the, the agents who are unfamiliar with the CFL. There, there are agents and players that are looking for professional opportunity, but unfamiliar with the CFL. And you, we can always resort to showing. This is you know, when you establish yourself, you have established player, Grey Cup winning quarterback, MOP, this is this is what can become of your player. If you then you look at the Darrell Walker agreement. Here's the here's the other end of it as far as the top paid uh, for wide receivers. And then you start going you start naming yeah, for sure and also also our staff salaries the players you start naming these things to, to people and they start saying, oh, wow, there's there is significant money in the CFL. Like, okay. Man, maybe I should give it a second thought, and that's what we're trying. To do. We're trying to create. We, we want people to look at the CFL and think oh, it is an option, especially when the AAF and we knew the AXFL was on the horizon. Compensation is a critical decider for a lot of players. And uh, to your last point about the salary, the, the minimum compensation going up, it's a lot easier for us, for myself, to. Um, sell a player on $10,000 a month for six months. Mm -hmm. I mean, people say 65 is not that much money, all these different things for 54, but it's all in how you are able to present it. And to anyone playing a sport that they enjoy, that they're passionate about, to come up and it's $10,000 $10, a month. With the chance to earn more. With a chance to earn more. Correct. All right, Ed. Well, you've been super gracious with your time, and, and I really do find the whole negotiating period interesting. So, I mean, from a media standpoint, and more specifically, more importantly, from a general manager standpoint, we'll see how it comes about. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see it, and I look forward to it. And thanks for having me on. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.